Picture this, you're sitting down to watch a live poetry performance. The first poet takes the stage, and as they begin to read, they're accompanied by a live jazz band. If this sounds intriguing, well, you're in luck. International Jazz Poetry Month returns to Pittsburgh on May 2nd. The festival features more than 50 artists, including local jazz icons and poets from Algeria, Cuba, Sudan, and Ukraine. Tickets to watch online or in person at City of Asylum's home on the north side are free. Get yours at cityofasylum.org before they're gone. Today on CityCast Pittsburgh. At one point, Pittsburgh seemed like it was the future of innovation with tech giants like Google moving to the area and setting up a little town in Bakery Square. But a couple of local startups with millions or even billions in venture capital investments recently shut down, leaving hundreds of people out of a job. We're asking Rebecca Skutak, a reporter with TechCrunch Plus, if Pittsburgh's rapidly expanding tech scene is slowing down. Thursday, January 12th. I'm Morgan Moody, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh. Late last year, uh, we saw a couple big startups in Pittsburgh close down Argo AI, an autonomous vehicle company. In fifth season, it's a vertical farming company that was on the south side here in Pittsburgh. Is this a sign at all that Pittsburgh startups are doomed? You know, should we read anything into this? So interestingly enough, from chatting with a couple venture firms located or focused on Pittsburgh, they said that these companies are not really a good representation of a Pittsburgh startup. Hmm. And they said that because these companies raised lots of venture capital, which is more common when you, on for companies based on the coast, companies in the valley, Boston, New York, et cetera. Right. And most companies in Pittsburgh don't raise that way. So they were saying that this actually doesn't have a direct correlation to how other companies are doing because other companies are not operating like this. How much How much venture capital are, are they talking about? How much did they raise? Argo AI raised at least $3.5 billion, which wow. like that's a lot more money than most even coastal startups raise. Wow. So most companies in general do not ever raise that much venture capital. And they were saying that companies in Pittsburgh build like Midwestern companies, a little bit of a leaner team, raising less venture capital, not always expecting to be able to raise that next round easily like you can generally in some of those coastal cities. So they were saying that these are really outliers, but they said the same about Duolingo, which I Mm -hmm. thought was interesting because they said that success didn't have much impact on the market either for the same reasons. It didn't build like a Pittsburgh company. It didn't raise from Pittsburgh VCs. So it's a little bit, they're kind of outliers from the group in terms of how they've operated. Let's like back up a little bit. Do you know how did Pittsburgh even get on the map uh, in the first place as, as a tech hub? So I think the big things to point to are the university systems you mm. find in Pittsburgh, especially Carnegie Mellon. Because looking at that school, they constantly rank high on all of the lists from U.S. News and Princeton Review about sort of 
top innovating schools. And, so it's a great school. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, top innovating schools, top schools and categories that like VCs are very into, especially right now, areas yeah. like AI, machine learning, and that kind of talent, which for a while, you may have wanted to move to the Valley after graduating from a college like that with that talent. But just as things have evolved, ventures spread out over the last five years, people are finding they can grow in Pittsburgh. And I think that's why we're starting to see a lot more momentum in this space. You mentioned that CMU is really strong in AI, artificial intelligence. Uh, Can we talk a little bit about that and how important AI is and will be to Pittsburgh's tech future? So every year in venture, there's pretty much a area that people either hype up or we could even joke like there's a sector that's like the main character of venture capital every year. Mm. And I think Coming out of 2022 into 2023, there was a ton of momentum growing around AI and artificial intelligence startups, not entirely driven by some of those consumer products that came out like Lenza AI, ChatGPT, but Mm -hmm. a lot of it is. A lot of it's showing that, okay, artificial intelligence has come to a point where there are applications, consumers are willing to use it, people are excited about it. So venture is swirling like vultures right now for the AI space. So especially thinking of how... Pittsburgh has such technical talent in this space. And so many of the startups that get founded in the Pittsburgh ecosystem are either utilizing AI or looking to sort of focus on the category as a whole. I could see this being a huge catalyst for more investors to come through from outside the region to look at these startups. I looked at a few of the venture capital funding rounds that closed in 2022, Mm -hmm. and a solid percentage of them were AI companies. We've got medical transcription company Abridged raised 12.5 million, Gather AI raised 10 million, Bloomfield Robotics raised 6.1 million. And these are all early stage companies. So them closing that round this year other VCs getting really excited about the category, they will have an easy, I don't want to say an easy time. It's never easy easy to raise venture capital, but people are going to be looking at those companies, watching them. And I think with all of that talent coming out of Pittsburgh, you're just going to see a big influx of investors coming into the space looking for those AI startups because the good ones are here. The good ones are in Pittsburgh. So if they're looking for a good company to invest in, they're going to follow the talent and that's going to lead them right to Pittsburgh. For those of us who um, are either distrustful of of AI technology or or just, you know, a little less tech savvy, could you give an example of AI that's really popular right now that, yeah, that we might be seeing, that we could see come here? Well, one I know that's really popular is that Lensa AI application. Yeah, what is that? So you feed it a few of your photos and it essentially creates art that pulls off your photos. You can make yourself look like an anime character. Yeah. You can make yourself look like you were someone painted a picture of you, which that stuff's all kind of just like good and fun. But yeah, I've, I've seen I've seen that on Instagram a lot over the past. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like month. That was like everyone was doing that for like two days and then it yeah. just like totally flamed out. Yeah. <laughs> but AI is used in everything. I mean, we don't think of Duolingo as an AI company, of course, but the way that whole model works and the way it interacts with the users as you get stuff right as you're learning the languages, get stuff wrong, it creates the lessons based on what you got right, which is wrong. That stuff all uses artificial intelligence. Right. So even the company's not focused on making, say, an AI product like a lens at AI, you're going to see this sort of artificial intelligence layer, which a lot of companies are trying to get right now anyway, 
So you're going to see a lot of companies be able to sort of offer that as a service or be able to allow companies to buy their product to integrate into theirs. So with Pittsburgh's building in this area, it's going to be really attractive down the line to a lot of investors. Do you like to dance, look at beautiful art, eat gourmet snacks, people watch? Well, mark your calendars for Friday, June 7th for one of my favorite parties in Pittsburgh. It's Mattress Factory's 25th Garden Party. The theme this year is make-believe, and it's all to celebrate and support the creatives in our community. There's going to be live music, an open bar, an art auction, and probably my favorite, the costume contest. Trust me, I will be judging yins and so will everyone else there be playful be imaginative explore your magical realm because this is a theme party you want to come dressed to impress you must be 21 and up to attend and rest assured every dollar raised goes directly towards supporting the museum its art its education and all of its community outreach initiatives get your tickets now to the 25th mattress factory garden party they are in our show notes and online at mattress.org. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. And and right, you mentioned uh, Duolingo, the language learning app. That company has done very well here in Pittsburgh. How do the big successes like Duolingo and the failures, if you can consider, you know, $3.5 billion (laughs) in venture capital a failure, uh, like Argo AI, affect the larger Pittsburgh tech scene? Well, I know while some of the VCs I spoke to said that it doesn't have a huge impact, I definitely think it does because it brought new firms based outside of Pittsburgh into the ecosystem. Yeah. Companies came in. If you're a Duolingo investor, I know some of their investors are based here in New York, like Union Square Ventures. That was a huge success story. And you're going to be like, another Pittsburgh company crosses your desk. You're not going to be like, oh, what a random location. You're going to be like, oh, last time we invested in there, it really worked out. So I think having some of the success from a company like Duolingo, which raised from a bunch of different investors sort of across Mm -hmm. um, the U.S., that puts more of a spotlight on the city. People know that successful companies can come out of there and they're going to be much more tempted to both look there for outbound interest, like them going out and trying to find companies to invest in. But also it's not going to seem as weird if a Pittsburgh-based company crosses their desk. One thing that was of note, you know, when Argo AI shut down was that there were 700 jobs that essentially that company closing down took with it. That does open up, you know, so if you're kind of, I don't want to say stuck here in Pittsburgh after, you know, uh, your startup company has shut down, there is the possibility for remote work. But I am curious how remote work post-pandemic fits in with all of this, because it seems like Pittsburgh's able to attract a lot of young people because so many startups or tech companies are based here, um, or at least have offices here like Google and Bakery Square. But now that so many people are working remotely, is that going to change at all? Like, will there 
be enough workers here to physically fill buildings like, you know, the Google office space. Definitely. Definitely. And something I thought was really interesting that came out through some of these conversations is that the technical talent has always been in Pittsburgh. That's why places like Google have opened an office Mm. there. So startups looking for that kind of talent, they can stay and build in Pittsburgh. But the beauty of remote work is that was there really sort of the talent for the other positions you'd need in the startup locally? Like, were you going to find a great selection of potential CFOs or great marketing officers? Not necessarily. So someone was telling me now with remote work, you can build in Pittsburgh because you can hire all your local technical talent, hire Mm -hmm. all your local hardware experts, which are better to probably be in person than a lot of some of these other roles. But then you can hire that talent you need that maybe you can't find locally and they can work remote. So you can kind of get the best of both worlds. You don't need to move the whole technical team out of Pittsburgh so you can build out the rest of the team. You can build the team now locally in Pittsburgh and just have those people sort of call in and work remotely, which I think will make a big difference. And a VC I spoke to is saying that he's already noticed this change looking and talking to like seed stage really early companies. Yeah, because it's just, I know you're not, Uh, familiar necessarily with the landscape here in Pittsburgh, but Bakery Square is kind of this little neighborhood the tech built. Like Google Mm -hmm. came here and they've they've like built out this whole area. It just makes me wonder uh, if someday in the future it'll, you know, kind of all be deserted. I imagine like scenes from um, Chernobyl, but (laughs) Bakery Square. But it sounds like that won't be the case. No. No, and I think it's interesting looking at sort of how the Pittsburgh ecosystem has fared over the last few years. Yeah. Venture's really down in 2022 across both the U.S., globally. Pretty much every market is seeing broadly just some kind of slowdown varying in how large. But Pittsburgh actually saw more investment in venture capital startup or venture-backed startups in 2022 than in 2021. So they're kind of bucking the trend and they're seeing more momentum. And some of the VCs I spoke to said they're seeing the best deal quality they've ever seen, even amidst like a broader venture slowdown last year. They said deal quality continues to go up. People continue to start really interesting ideas. And they all seemed really excited about the momentum and where things are going from here. So I definitely was interested to dive into the numbers because you really never know until you look at the data. But it does seem like Pittsburgh's actually heading in the right direction. Yeah. Is any, I feel like we also blame everything on, you know, the pandemic, but like, is any of this because of the pandemic, are they seeing, are are some of these companies seeing less funding, you know, at all because of the effects of, of what we're going through now with our economy? I definitely think it's less the pandemic and now just the current market conditions, especially Mm -hmm. like 2022 leading into this year. The public markets going down, it trickles down. So goes into the late stage venture first, they get affected by what's happening in the public markets. And then as time goes on, it trickles down to the early stage startups. We're just starting to see some of the early stage startups get affected from sort of the global conditions. But I will say looking through 2022 numbers, um, yeah. companies in Pittsburgh raise a lot of early stage capital. So even if there is sort of we're heading towards a slowdown for that too, a lot of companies in Pittsburgh raised last year. So they'll be coming into this year a more challenging environment with cash in the bank. So it may not end up being as much of an issue for them. With studying, you know, the trends and everything, where where do we go after, you know, we kind of start to see this this trickle down effect impact smaller startups? 
It definitely depends because all of it depends also on how much runway companies raise. So if you raise money planning to fundraise every year, you'll be in trouble. Mm. But if you raise money to fundraise every two to three years, which from what I've heard from VCs is more of the Pittsburgh model because it is not the Silicon Valley. It's not New York. They're not expecting all of this investor interest all of the time. So they're built to raise every couple of years, which actually, based on market cycles, puts them in a much stronger position than companies that try to raise every year. So if you raise last year, you have runway for two years. By the time you go out to raise again, the market's going to look entirely different. And they, it might be back up and to the right. It might be back money's flowing more easily from VCs. So yeah. some of the companies, especially if they've raised, as VCs have told me, in this Pittsburgh Midwest style of raising for it to have lots of cash in the bank for a long time, they may weather this just fine. Becca Skutak is a senior writer at TechCrunch Plus. Becca, thank you for crunching the data for us. Of course. Thanks for having me. A quick update to the story. Venture capital firms might still be investing in local tech, but another piece of staying a competitive tech hub is attracting and retaining talent. A new report from the nonprofit research group Rand Corporation says Pittsburgh needs to step it up, at least when it comes to bringing on a diverse pool of talent. That's including people of color and young people who aren't from Pittsburgh or didn't go to a local college like CMU. This has been an ongoing conversation on this podcast about Pittsburgh's livability for its Black residents. A little more news before you go. A plan to build a live music venue in the Lower Hill District at the old Civic Arena site has been put on hold. The City Planning Commission decided to reschedule a vote on the proposal. That's because developers for the Pittsburgh Penguins who are overseeing the project submitted a 101-page report right before the vote with updates about how the project will benefit the surrounding community. That's something they're required to do, but commissioners said the report came in too late for them to fully digest the information and that they had, quote, a little bit of a trust issue. So they're pushing back the vote for at least two weeks. And Pennsylvania could be getting a new health secretary with local ties. Governor-elect Josh Shapiro nominated Dr. Deborah Bogan to the position. She's currently director of the Allegheny County Health Department. She started her job there in March of 2020, right as COVID was starting to spread here. Before that, she worked at Pitt and Children's Hospital. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. If you enjoyed the show, just know we made this show, not AI. So tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our Hey Pittsburgh newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city, so we'll see you then. Thing AI is, I don't trust it. (laughs) (laughs) It hears me now. It's like, oh, yeah.